welcome to the Entrepreneur Success Formula podcast, where we'll be getting down to earth with real entrepreneurs who work hard and know that success is more than a mindset because it takes blood, guts, and a bucket full of luck to survive and thrive in the world of business today, especially today. And in this episode, I'm speaking with the lovely Rachel Naylor, who runs the VoiceOver Network. She's the editor of The Buzz magazine and host of The VoiceOver Hour. And she's an award-winning entrepreneur. So, Rachel, welcome to the show. Uh, hello, hello. And thank you, Damien. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you for joining me. And obviously, we are now speaking in uh, unprecedented times with yep. unprecedented events. And uh, however, it's yep. never been more important than ever to to understand entrepreneurship and building a business from home online <laughs> yeah and uh, and what it takes to actually survive and thrive in the, in this industry so um and, and i now say the industry which is the online business industry because essentially mm. this new industry has just been invented overnight and you might be hearing this in years to come when the world has changed and you think oh yes i've heard about that thing called covid19 or the coronavirus what's all that about and uh, so anyway let's get on with the questions the standard questions so the first one is rachel how did you or why did you set up voiceover network and and how did you get your first customer okay so um yeah good question um so i'm i'm an actor uh, and a voice actor and i've been doing voiceovers for over 18 years now and it's a it's an industry that i love and i'm very passionate about and so what happened with me was that um, as an actor, I was always quite scared of, of just even the word business. It's quite funny. So I'm, I you know, come from a theatrical background and, um, and I, I, saw, I saw lots of success in my voiceover career, uh, which was fantastic. But then I started going through feast and famine as a voice actor. And I, that really irritated me because one minute I was doing really well and the next minute it was very quiet. And I realized and I kind of looked at looked at what I was doing and realized that I, what I was lacking was business, uh, the business skills and understanding. So that's where I kind of went and, and decided to, to learn as much as I could about business. And even that word, it was so funny. It used to scare me. It used to make me feel really like, oh, I'm not a business person. I'm an, I'm an actor, you know, I want to sing and dance. And so, um, so I basically threw myself into learning about uh, business, marketing, and uh, yeah, and I just kind of threw myself into that world and realized that it was really fun and really exciting. And, and that's kind of, um, and then we met and we started working together back in 2013, beginning, yeah, it was the end of 2013. Mm -hmm. um, we started working together. And, um, and so I, yeah, I started learning about business and then I set up, I started a little meetup group and it was just, uh, it started with three other voiceover artists and we went for a drink and I thought this is really useful. We should do this more often. And it was about, it was really about sharing information and connecting with people. And so I started a free monthly meetup group, which just grew and grew and grew. And it was originally called the West London voiceover artist meetup group, which is a terrible name. <laughs> Not catchy at all. Um, and it grew and grew. And then, I decided to have it in central London so people from different parts of London could come, change the name to the voiceover network. And then I kind of, I wanted to make it a better networking environment. And at that point, you know, it was, it was happening every month, but people, there were, there were a handful of people who were coming and they were just getting drunk, uh, which was fine. But I wanted to make it more of a, a useful networking environment because I had realized 
as a voice actor that my best clients were coming from networking. So I wanted to not only create more networking and you know uh, opportunities for myself, but for other people. And so I realized that we needed to get agents and producers and casting directors in the room. And in order to do that, um, because they're quite tricky to kind of get them in the room with voice actors, it was, well, let's give them free stuff. So in order to give them free stuff, I had to have, I had to charge people. So I had my first paid event in, um, in it was the summer of 2014 and I remember I was terrified and Damien you helped me you really helped me with kind of getting it all going and um and you were my cheerleader on the side going do it do it do it um and I charged people and it which was terrifying for me to charge mm -hmm. my peers um and kind of put myself in that position and it was a huge success and people had a great time you had lots of agents and producers and casting directors and um, and from there I, I continued to charge and it was the end of 2014 when I looked at the voiceover industry and I looked at what I created and I I thought I could carry on kind of bumbling along and making a better cash or I could try and make a real difference and so I with your help um, and with the help of um, the entrepreneur circle I launched the voiceover network in 2015 as a membership organization and my big thing was it was it was about helping supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry and that's something that, that drives everything we do. And by having a membership organization, it meant that we would be able to do lots more events, um, create the magazine, the Buzz magazine, do online stuff, webinars. Um, and, it was, and it's about kind of bringing people together. So um, yes, I think I've answered your question somewhere along there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, our first paid customer, I guess, for the VoiceOver Network, yeah, was back in 2014. And that was, yeah, that was our first, our first event. And, um, and from there, now we have, we have hundreds of members based all around the world, which is exciting. Um, and what was the idea behind the Buzz magazine? So the Buzz magazine, now that came before the voiceover network, interestingly. So I, I, um, I started finding out about PR and PRing myself as a voiceover artist. And I, think I came across some online training thing um, that I started following. And it was all about, yeah, it was all about getting yourself in, in local newspapers and in magazines and, and on the radio. And I managed to, I started getting myself, got myself in the local paper and I was like, oh, this is fun. Okay. And then I managed to get myself in a couple of magazines and I got myself into um, Star, Stylist magazine in London and they did um, an interview with me and that's got like 3 million people who read that. Um, and so that, that really got me very excited. And I thought, okay, I, I want more, I want more. And so I was looking for a, a magazine for the voiceover industry. Uh, I remember this is years ago. And there wasn't one. And I thought, that's crazy. We should have a magazine. Like every industry has a magazine. Now the voiceover industry is quite interesting because it sort of used to be the little brother to the acting industry. It was kind of the resting actor's job, you know, and, and actors would look down on it. Whereas the people who were actually doing it were laughing behind closed doors because they were earning lots of money and there were very few of them and they were kind of clear, cleaning up in the voiceover world. Um, and so um, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, the buzz there we go and so um so there wasn't a magazine there wasn't anything um so i originally thought about starting a magazine before the voiceover network and i i remember thinking right i'll start a magazine and i i organized coffee with a friend of mine who works in p who worked in pr at the time and i was like brilliant okay i've got this great idea and i sat down with her i was like i'm gonna start a magazine i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and i and and she she slowly kind of burst my bubble bit by bit 
And by the end, um, you know, and she was telling me how, like, how much hard work it would be and it would take over my life and it would be exhausting and it would be difficult and da da da. And she kind of, like, her negativity kind of just like weighed on my shoulders and she burst my bubble completely. So I came away from that meeting thinking, oh, I'm, that's it. Like, no, definitely not. I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. And so when I, when I came up with the concept of the voiceover network as a membership organization, I was like, oh, we could do a magazine. And at the time, like it was just me and a part-time assistant. Um, and, you know, and I think back to those times, like I had no idea what I was doing, what I was getting myself into. I don't come from publishing. I don't come from journalism, but I just thought, how hard can it be? Like, let's just, I'll ask a couple of people to write some articles and then I'll send it to a designer and they'll make it look pretty and then get it printed. I mean, you know, how hard can that be? <laughs> five years later and uh, wow. So it's a quarterly magazine and it, um, it was in print for five years and we've now just taken it online. Um, it's a lot of work to, to do a magazine, but I, I, you know, I'm so passionate about sharing information and I really believe in, in magazines and I believe in, in people having something that they can, they can use to help inspire them. And, and, and it's all about sharing information and inspiring people and strengthening the industry. So, um, so yeah, so that's what it, where it all kind of came from. It was, yeah, and I remember our first edition was, I don't know, it was like six pages or something. It was more like a newsletter, but now it is yeah. a full-on magazine and, and we have sponsors and, and ads and, um, yeah, which is exciting. But it does, it's still, it's, it, it's, it takes a lot of work doing a magazine, but it's, um, yeah, I believe in it. As someone who's come from a, a publishing and magazine background, yes. um, I can tell you that the quality of the buzz has gone exponentially through the roof and, uh, and, and it is a fantastic publication. Um, okay, question number two. What has been the biggest mental challenge you've had to overcome as an entrepreneur? Oh, gosh, there are lots. There are lots of mental challenges that I've had to overcome. I think um, probably one of the biggest, which was one of the early days of, of, of setting up the Voice of a Network, launching the Voice of a Network as a membership organization, um, was I... Um, I had a really nasty bout and I've had a couple of nasty bouts of trolling online trolling um and I didn't expect it and when I started the voice of a network I was like oh I'm just going to do this great thing and help loads of people in the industry and like it's going to be wonderful and I'm just doing a good thing but you know yes okay I'm going to make some money out of it but main thing is to to, to do a good deed and I um so I, I launched it and ruffled quite a lot of feathers in the voiceover industry people who didn't want the voiceover industry to be talked about publicly uh, and they wanted to kind of keep keep it to themselves like this is our world even though you know um and i did an interview in the independent um because i had a pr agency working for me at the time and it was all very exciting and i did this interview and it was a great interview uh but they took something that i said out of context and anyway people on social media got very excited and i had i had a really nasty bout of of, of being sort of attacked publicly uh, by a small group of people in the industry and that that was really tough for me because I I hadn't signed up for that and I didn't you know I didn't yeah it was it was uncalled for and it was it was vicious and and I remember coming in, and I was doing a course actually with you Damien around that time and I remember coming and telling you about it and, and I was I was really upset about it and I didn't know what to do and how to stop it and I remember you saying it's brilliant and I was like what 
Well, it's actually, it's actually fantastic because as soon as you start, you, you get the haters, it means you're doing something right. And I was like, what? But I don't want to be hated. I'm an actor. I just want to be liked. <laughs> 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 and, um, and I was, and I, I got advice from different people. Um, and the, the main advice was not to respond and not to, to, to engage and, and that was really, really tough for me. I had to sit on my hands knowing that they knew and that some of these people had been my friends and they decided to try and kind of pull me down. And, and so, so understanding that it wasn't about me mm-hmm. was huge. And it was about their insecurities and them trying to put their insecurities onto me. Mm-hmm. And because I, I, I put my head above the parapet, which, you know, uh, you know as, as Brits is always, you know we're not as used to doing that in America you know I have a lot of American friends I do a lot of stuff in America they're much more like yeah let's all just you know you have to put your head above the sort of the the parapet that's how they all kind of work whereas in the UK we don't and so once you do that you know everyone's like right okay oh she's she's standing up right let's have a pop at her um and so that was that was that was really big for me kind of getting my head like accepting accepting that people aren't going to like me and that that's okay was huge um and once i did that and i i said you know what i could stop now i could walk away and i could just pull the plug and just go i'm out and i and i definitely thought about that i mean there were times when i thought about that but i didn't and i stuck with it and i kept going and and i believe in what i'm doing and it made me have to have to really dig deep mm. um and, and it is true, you know, when you, you can't be all things to everybody. So understanding that actually you're going to upset people. If you're going to do something amazing, not everyone's going to like you. And, you know, even the nicest people in the world have haters. Anybody who's on, on, on the news, anybody who's a sports person, anybody who has their name in the public has people who don't like them. Not because of what they've done and not because of them. It's because of people it's that person who is who's being the hater it's those trolls that's their issue and and not taking that on board is is tough and there are times i think that any entrepreneur anyone who's out there in the public eye you know has moments but you have to understand that it that you you yeah you have to kind of try and and block them out and and keep going and and i think that that Hmm. that was something that i had to yeah i think that was a big big learning curve for me. people are going to love you people are going to hate you and it has absolutely nothing to do with you absolutely that's yeah. the point yeah okay so if you had to start over again from scratch what's the one thing that you would do differently <gasps> Ooh, gosh if i was going to start over from scratch what, what is the one thing i do differently hmm. what would i do differently i think i would get more staff earlier I think I, I spent, so, so what happened with me is I, you know, like mo like a lot of entrepreneurs, um, I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but I definitely, I was micromanaging the business. I was doing everything. And because, you know, the voice of a network was my baby and, and I definitely, so the thing about the voice of a network, which is quite funny. So I was, I was nine weeks pregnant when I launched it. <laughs> so the first year of the voice over network, I no was excuses, anyone. <laughs> bigger and bigger. Yeah. So then I had my baby and it was, it was a bonkers year and it was really full on and, and little Scarlett, you know, she came to her first event when she was five weeks old and I got up on stage and did a talk with her on my chest. It was completely crazy. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I felt like the voice of a network and I've always felt like 
you know, my company, it's my baby. And so, you know, I was very protective of it. Um, and I had a, I had a couple of, you know, experiences of being burnt, but I had a staff member who, 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 who burnt my fingers and, and that kind of, then I went, Whoa, right. No more, you know, no staff. I'll have one assistant and that's it. And, and for years, and what happened was that I ended up burning out. Um, and I, I ended up getting, you know, very ill. So I, I, I have um, MS now and I was diagnosed with that in 2018 because I was, I was just, my body couldn't take it anymore. I'm not that, you know, there are reasons why people get certain things, but I, I ran myself into the ground because mm. I wouldn't let anybody else help me. And I think that's a really important lesson for all of you guys watching this is to get staff. And I now have nine staff members and there are ways that you can have staff without it costing you, you know, 20,000 pounds a year. You know, there's part-time staff, there's VAs, and there's also amazing staff in other countries um who you know so i have staff in the philippines who are amazing and wonderful and 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 that's yeah so i think getting staff more staff in earlier is is the key and and asking for help that's always something that i've always struggled to to do and and now i have i have to ask for help and especially with my health issues which which are, you know i've got them under control touch wood um but yeah it's 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 asking for help and accepting help and Yes, and not micromanaging. You can't do everything. Absolutely. So this is this is kind of leads on to the next question, but it is slightly different, and yeah. it's specifically aimed at people that uh, are probably having to create uh, a different uh, income stream now. Okay. So this this used to be aimed at you know young entrepreneurs. What's the one piece of advice you would give to a young entrepreneur starting out today? And it could be you know it can often be sometimes the same bit of advice. You just get staff early. But obviously, the reason I actually said initially young entrepreneurs is they probably don't have any income yet. So let's say that they're thinking about a business. But now we can pretty much open this up to the general population. Anyone mm -hmm. who's now thinking, oh dear, you know my job is now gone. Yep. Right. I've now got to create an online business. So what's the one piece of advice you would give to anyone who's basically thinking about starting a business today? Ooh, okay. My advice would, for you would be think about what you love. What is it that you absolutely love to do and to talk about? Okay. Not what you, what you're good at or what your parents told you were good at or what, you know, what you've been expected to do and you've ended up going down that road. What, what is it? If I, you know, if I said to you, what's the one thing that you absolutely love to talk about? That is what you should do a business on. Mm -hmm. Because if you can find something that you love and you can share that with other people and you can share that passion, whether it is cooking, whether it's, you know, cycling, whether it's, um, I mean, anything, whether it is, you know, puzzles or cats or surfing or, you know, however obscure it is, there are other people out there who, who love it too. And what you can do is share your knowledge and share your passion. And I think that that's the most important thing is, is going down the route of creating something, creating a business around what you love because then when you get up in the morning you don't feel like you're like oh I have to work now this is exciting and if you can be doing online webinars and and online courses about something that you love and you want to share with other people that 
is magic and it's not and it's not a hard hard thing to do you know when i when i sit down and, and work on things for the for the voiceover network i've created the business around things that i love so i love the voiceover industry i love acting i love being creative i love seeing people and meeting people um i love events and, and networking so i've created so we do events I love learning, so we do training. I love, you know, reading and, and magazines. So I have a magazine. Um, it is, it's all kind of been built around stuff that, that I'm, I love and I'm passionate about. So when I do an event, it's not like, oh no, I've got an event. I'm excited because I create the events around what I want, what I'd like to go to. And, and, mm. and I think recognizing that part of you, that there are other people that have that, that interest. And if you can, if you can, tap into to that part of you and, and that passion that you have you can then create yourself to be um to be a leader in that world so whatever it is and whether it is you know computers or i mean anything you can you can create an online business and i, I think the great, greatest prime example of that is um sam my girlfriend donna she's uh, she's got a, a son who's uh, 17 years old and <clears throat> he's constantly listening to this like commentary and i'd be like sam what are you listening to and he's like oh this is a gamer and i'm watching him play his game i'm thinking oh my god and then i, I looked into it and th this guy is like earning millions by basically yes. live streaming the games that he's playing i'm thinking hold on a minute yes <laughs> i know as an example yeah it's amazing it's amazing when you you know when people you know i think back to my school days and and if somebody had said to me you know i always used to get in trouble for talking at school so I was always in trouble and every single report I ever had said, Rachel talks too much. Rachel distracts other members of the class. Rachel daydreams. <laughs> Rachel. And actually, I then, uh, I now earn money from talking. And I'm, you know, so that's, that's an incredible thing to be able to do is that you turn what you're passionate about. And often, I often think it's, it comes as well from, from things that we, we also struggled with, I think, um, as children. I think so often when you meet somebody who's got a business or is in a job that they're passionate about. I think a lot of the time you can trace it back to something that happened as a child that they, they struggled with. So for me, like, you know, I used to get into trouble for talking and I also used to hate, um, I used to hate sight reading. Absolutely put the fear of God into me. And now that's my job. It's, it's, it's strange. It's, you know, but I think that's maybe it's to do with the human spirit and overcoming kind of struggles because that's that's important your story like everybody has a powerful story mm -hmm. um and everybody also has information in their head that other people would pay for so i think that's that's the other thing that's important for you all got you all to know watching this that you have experiences life experiences doesn't matter how old you are you you have knowledge that other people would pay to get access to I love that. Okay, so what, and this is slightly different again, what is the best piece of advice given to you by someone else? And you can name them or not name them, it's up to you. Okay, first thing that comes to mind um, was a big turning point in my life. Uh, in 2013, I went to a business conference and um, it, I was terrified because I you know, it wasn't my thing. And Nigel Botterill bounded out onto stage uh and he's he's an entrepreneur those of you that, that he runs the entrepreneur circle he bounded out onto stage with enthusiasm energy and a brightly colored shirt and he was funny and very generous 
uh, with his information and, and it just it, it blew me away and he said something and this is something I, I share often and I say in every talk I ever give it's all your fault it's all your fault so if business is going well fantastic well done it's all your fault but if business isn't going well unfortunately it is all your fault now saying that to actors and i often go and talk to, to groups of actors um and that you know and it's funny because actors are you know you can feel the room go <gasps> what but it's but it's my agent's fault it's the casting director's fault the wind wasn't right i didn't look you know it's the other actor's fault and all that um but it is incredibly empowering it, if you really take it's all your fault knowing that you are in control of your destiny that is the most powerful thing i just want to to add an addendum to that because i i spoke to you before we uh, we, we we started the broadcast about mm. a guy that i hold in very high esteem at the moment it's a guy called michael wader i'm actually going to ask him if he'll come on the show he's yeah. 72 years old he loves motivational speaking it's what he's done all his life he speaks about yeah. leadership you can go and check him out on youtube he's brilliant his whole entire business got wiped out with the coronavirus now it would be very easy for him to say well I don't have a business anymore because of the coronavirus. He got all of his gigs cancelled in Asia. He's living in Russia right now. Guess what he did? He learned how to go online. He's basically turned into a virtual speaker. And, and actually today he's got a, um, a webinar, a live webinar for, uh, for CEOs and leaders. He's got 279 people uh, booked in to come on that, that webinar. So that's an example mm. of someone who has literally taken it and said, you know what, it is my fault and I'm going to do something about it. So I love mm. that bit of advice and I'm going to get Michael on the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I think, you know, and also just in, in this current climate with the coronavirus, uh, you know, it is scary and we're right, we're right in this early days. So wherever we are, when you guys watch this, um, at the moment we're in the early days and it is scary. But I think that the key in business, actually, and in life is just is to be fluid and adaptable. You know, change happens all the time. We never know what's going to come. And, you know, and I, 2018, I was diagnosed, diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis and it completely, you know, knocked me sideways. I didn't see it coming. It wasn't expected. It was terrifying. Uh, and I had moments of thinking, right, I'm going to run away. I'm going to go and I remember talking to you, Damien, saying, right, that's it. I'm going to pack it all in and I'm going to go and live in the country and get chickens, <laughs> which is a kind of sweet idea for a while. Um, but I had to adapt and I had to, to you know, to, to think on my feet. And yes, I had to take time off a bit and, and get myself better and, and, and work. But, it, you know, I learned a huge amount and I ended up getting more staff. And that was, it was a really wonderful thing. But I think being, you know, knowing that, nothing's going to stay the same and things are going to come along and change is going to happen and things like the coronavirus or you know you'll get sick or someone you know will get sick or something will happen then maybe you know and I think we've all just got to make sure that we don't you know that we that we're adaptable and that we just go okay this is what I've been dealt this is where I'm at how do we deal with it how do we move forward there is always a solution to a problem there's always a solution to a problem um so i think yeah being adaptable and um and knowing that there is always a way forward as well we can all you know we've all got creative minds um we've all you know we've, there's so much knowledge in our head that we can tap into um 
that that yeah it's never over there are always things that that you can do to adapt and move and change and and the coronavirus is forcing you know it's forcing millions and millions of people around the world to change and they are being forced to stay at home and you know look at their lives and think right and it's and it's amazing because you know, you, you have to, yes, there are probably some people who are sat at home doing nothing, but most people are, are going, right, okay, let's, let's get the kids going, let's teach the kids, you know, let's, let's do some online stuff, let's, you know, let's do some Zooms, let's Get learn. fit, let's, let's do some reading, fit. start a new yeah. business. Start a new business, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So. Okay, so if you were in charge of UK business, what legislation would you introduce right now, bearing in mind the current situation, to help entrepreneurs specifically? Oh gosh! Oh, um, um, I know what I'd do. I mean, we've got tax breaks for for people with premises, but that's obviously you know, yeah, not using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Because because what 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 the government needs to do is encourage people who are at home now, yeah, who are being forced not to work to start businesses and to be creative. And so, yeah, I think there needs to be some incentives, some financial incentives for people. Um, entrepreneurs self-employed we need you know there needs to be yeah tax breaks and and, and financial help for, for self-employed i think they're going to mention that fairly soon yeah. um oh i don't know legislation uh i mean personally i would i would put a, a two-year um uh no no tax to be paid for two years for any entrepreneurial businesses starting out yeah uh That's i nice. would uh point them towards a research and development grant. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage them to look into industries that are going to be coming out better as a result of this. So I would like have a list of industries, uh, and point them towards that and maybe even do training grants, get some trainers Mm. in to actually show them how to do this stuff. Um, I think there's opportunities all round actually for, for online training in certain sectors. I mean, Mm. you know, no one has put from what I can see, no one has put anywhere online and I'm thinking about doing it but I'll probably be too late by the time I say this of how to actually set up a zoom account and use zoom. Yeah. But it just seems so simple. Like if you're sitting at home and everyone's going, what's zoom? How do I even get yeah. an account? What I had my do? mom and dad this morning saying to me, how do we do, we want to do a, a group meeting for the, for the local like gardening committee or whatever. And they tried to get on something yesterday and they couldn't get on. And, and my mom was like, what do you use? And I said, zoom. And she's like, okay right i'm like super simple to to use and then i was like oh well i could talk you through it um but yeah to to have a simple way because yeah everybody's everybody's doing online now and even my parents-in-law who would never do online shopping because they love to go to the shops and they you know they think amazon is like the devil because it's closing all the, the the bookshops you know that kind of thing um they're now having to do online shopping. And, and so a whole generation of people who kind of, who didn't do the online thing, I think that, yeah, there needs to be some help for them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what are your plans for the future? And I'm going to ask you about the book and I'm going to tell you to, to actually say the title because it's the best title of any book I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans for the future and how do you plan to grow your business? Oh, my plans for the future are to, um, I, I want to, to help more voiceover artists around the world, um, thousands of them. I want to travel the world as a motivational speaker. That's something I, I'm very passionate about and I love traveling. And obviously at the moment we're not able to travel, but I do I do, do motivational speaking, but I want to do more of that. Um, I, um, gosh, what am I going to do? Uh, yeah, traveling um, 
and go on tell uh, us the, tell us and, the title and, of the book and, and a book i've got three books in my head at the moment that i haven't written yet but i'm working on a book and it's called what's your fucking excuse <laughs> that's now just changed the rating to an 18 of this podcast sorry anyway. whoops, no no that's no, all right don't worry i'll, I'll bleep out that you can bleep that out <laughs> um so yes and it's all about and it came the the title for that came while i was dealing with um, being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis because that week that I was being diagnosed and this kind of you know shows you know the human spirit what we were all capable of I um, I was going uh, I was I was having some real online uh, trolling another bout of online trolling but a really nasty bout of online trolling that came from a um, yeah, I'm not even going to go into it uh, a horrible guy who just um, yeah started a, a, started some lies and and so I was dealing with a PR nightmare at the time. Um, I'd actually got the police involved. It got very, very nasty. And that was the same week that I then went into my neurologist's office, not expecting to be diagnosed at all. And I was diagnosed with MS and my whole world fell apart. Mm. I literally felt, felt like this doctor took the essence of me, every part of me, and she threw me in the air. And it was terrifying. And then two days later, I had to, three, three days, so that was on the Wednesday of that week, and on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was hosting one of my biggest voiceover conferences that I'd ever done. And so I had to drive. I remember driving there and calling you, uh, you know, and, and I was in floods of tears going, I can't do this. And you were like, come on, get, you know, pull yourself together. And, um, and I, you know, and I just, I went and I, I kind of put it, I put the, the MS diagnosis in a box and, and carried on that weekend and acted my socks off um, and had to dig really, really deep. And I think, you know, we are all capable of so much more than we realize. And that's really, that's really important for you all to know that, that you are all capable of so much more than you realize. And it's only when we're, when we're pushed and when we're, when we're in those dark places that you, you literally either roll over and just crawl under a rock or you stand up and you say, right, okay, this is what I've got. This is, these are the cards I've been dealt. Let's, let's deal with this and let's move forward. Um, and it's, yeah, it, yeah. So, so the book kind of, I came up with the, the idea of the book because I hear so many people bitching and moaning about, you know, I want to do this, but I want to, I can't, but, oh, you know, and, you know, and, and lots of voice actors, you know, come to me, oh, I'm not getting very much work. I just, you know, nobody wants me. I'm not getting very much work. When was the last time you sent out an email? Oh uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any marketing for a while. But um, and and so it's it's just about you know what is your excuse? We all have excuses, and I had plenty of excuses back in 2015. I just found out I was pregnant. You know, I you know there were I didn't know you know a lot of things. I didn't have any money. You know, there was all sorts of reasons why I I I you know I wasn't ready. That's the other thing about not feeling like you're ready. You're never ready, but um. But I did it anyway, and, and I think it's incredibly empowering. And, and you just got to start. Whatever it is you think you're thinking about, you know, start it. Just get out there and do it. And if it doesn't work, then do something else. The only way we learn is by making mistakes. You can't learn about business until you start a business. I really believe that. And I, I didn't go to business school. And I remember initially thinking, oh, I didn't go to business school. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, we all have imposter syndrome. I get it all the time, right? Um, but I would never have learned what I've learned in business school. You can't learn 
you know, being up against it. You, you, it, it there is no way to learn how to deal with being trolled and finding out you have, you know, an incurable disease and then running an event where you've got, you know, a hundred people looking to you for advice. You can't learn that. That's the only, the only way is by doing it. So, um, so my, yeah, my advice to all of you is just to get out there and start something, just start something. Just um, do it. As just Mike do it. Said. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever your, your, your excuse is, well, it's, it's no good. You just got to, you know, <laughs> it's not big enough. Yeah. yeah it's do not it big anyway. enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Last question. What's your favorite business book? And why? Ooh, my favorite business book. Um, the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mm. That is my favorite book. I think I, I listened to the audio book of that at a time that was very poignant for me. And, um, and I just, I need to listen to it again, actually. I, I love that book. It's a, it's a fantastic book. And it's all about kind of breaking the glass ceiling above you. And, and, and just not kind of, because I think people stay small often so as not to upset the people around them and 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 that can be that can that's it's a difficult one to to break because you you know we all we have friends and family and and by standing up and doing something different rocks their world and it does and and i've seen it and i lost friends um i've lost friends over the years because of you know the companies that i've set up because they couldn't handle it because by me doing what i was doing it was shaking the foundations of what they thought was possible. Um, so it's a, uh, I think it's a fantastic book. I would recommend everybody. And it, it, there's a whole section on time management as well, which is very empowering and, and how, you know, we spend a lot of time kind of, we spend a lot of time saying, I don't have enough time. And, oh, if I had more time, and, and that makes you a victim. That creates being a victim of time. And actually, when you, you know, he has this whole section about, you are in control of time and that's like what oh, oh and then when you really get into it you're like okay because that just changes everything because you are you are in control of time you're in control of, of of choices and the choices you make every day um with what you do with your time and that is empowering so that's that's my that's my recommendation I love that. And I love that book as well. So um, that's absolutely uh, awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel, for taking part into in today's show. This is like, kind of really kind of kickstarting this again, um, because we are uh, going to be doing this every week from now on. So thank you so much for taking part oh, and the delving into the lives of real entrepreneurs. And, uh, and thank you also for, uh, for everyone who's listening right now. Can I ask that you share this podcast with anyone who, who you think might benefit from that? So that's probably most of the world right now. Um, anyone who works hard just like us and also like us on iTunes and YouTube because this one's going to go out on YouTube as well mm-hmm. and hit the subscribe button. And if you would like to take part in this show, simply drop me an email at Damien with an A at rethinkingbusiness.biz and we can have a chat. And every guest on the show receives a complimentary copy of my online course by the same name, the Entrepreneur Success Formula, worth a whopping 200 bucks. So here's to your own success. Rachel, here's to your future success. And thank you so much for taking part today. Goodbye, everybody. And uh, stay safe and stay well. Thank you, everybody.